Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. I'm Lindsay Smith, and today I am joined by the whole crew. We've got Saul Bookman here. Saul, how are you? Hello. Espo, how's it going? I prefer the mayor of Kaminsky Cove. Thank you. Okay. All right. We can can add that into your contract. (laughs) And of course, Gerald Borgay. Gerald, what's going on? Not a lot, Lindsay. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. Feeling a lot better today. Not as tired as last night. Hopefully I don't have any crazy giggle outbursts. Our goal is to break you today again. <laughs> that is my that has become my sole purpose on this show is to break Lindsay again after that last night. It's going to have to always be one of the late night games, like the 8 p.m. starts. Those are always the best opportunities there because when I get tired, things just get really funny. And even if they're not actually funny. That's where I do my best work. So. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, so Gerald wrote a really amazing article on gophnx.com that went up earlier today. And I think we should talk about it a little bit. It's all about Chris Paul. So Gerald, give us the breakdown of what inspired this article today yeah so last night's game didn't help obviously (laughs) but i was coming into it because all season long you know we've been seeing people um complain or kind of lament about chris paul's lack of aggression in like the first quarter first half first three quarters even um before he kind of comes to life in the fourth quarter and you know Monty and the guys have kind of been praising him for it for the way that he's been deferring to everybody else, getting everybody involved, and then, you know, doing what he does in the fourth because he can get his shot in that mid-range from any time. Um, So it was basically just writing about that, taking a look at what the numbers say as far as his aggression throughout the game. Um, You know, last night, again, didn't help because he scored nine points in the first quarter. So that was kind of the exact opposite of what we've seen to that point. But Um, overall the Suns have kind of turned things around and I think a part of it is because of his ability to get guys involved and kind of take the long approach instead of you know the short-term approach of I'm going to dominate this game from start to finish it's interesting to me and it has been since he came to Phoenix and I don't think I appreciated this about Chris Paul is just how much he can flip that switch Mm -hmm. like he can he can be passive in terms of his own scoring uh, for three quarters and get his teammates involved. But then, you know, uh, in a, in a small stretch when he knows they need it, he can rattle off 10 points. Like it's nothing. And uh, there's just not a lot of guys. And I think they even mentioned this on the broadcast. I think Eddie mentioned it last night. There's not a lot of guys that are capable of doing that where they can just throttle it back and forth the way Chris Paul can. Well, you know, I, I think the frustrating part, you know, you, you talked about the fans' frustrations on Twitter that you would see from time to time. I think part of that is contributed to the fact that 
not only was he not really being aggressive and just kind of going through the motions, so to speak, but he was at times turning the ball over at a higher rate. Mm-hmm. Or, so even though you know he's trying to figure out his way through the game and 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 help his team get into the flow of it, you also can't be a detriment to your team. And I think in the first couple games, um, that's kind of what fans were were lamenting. It's like, hey. I, I get that you don't want to you, you don't want to be the focus of scoring right now, but you also can't be a detriment. So um, that's that's kind of my take on it. And listen, you're right. It, it's all good that he could flip the switch. And I feel like I might be negative right now, but I'm trying not to be. <laughs> but, it, you know, that flip can only be switched so many times until you hit the end of the road. And then that switch just starts flickering and maybe you're not there. I don't think he's there yet. I, I think he can switch it on anytime he wants right now. But, you know, hey, he's only getting older. And I, I fear for the time that he tries to take over and he realizes, oh, shit, I can't. I actually wonder, though, do, does it benefit him at his age? I drive a hybrid car, right? That, that's not a humble brag. It's just there's a point I'm getting to, I promise. <laughs> hybrid uh, car owners always have to tell you that they own a hybrid car. There's, there's, there's a point to this, I promise you. I drive a Leaf. You know, the, no, I don't drive that kind of a crappy car. I've got a, a manly hybrid. Who but is uh, it, a Sentra? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a Corolla, if you must know. A bright red Corolla. Not, not the point. What I'm trying to say is the, the way that car works is – you know, the electric engine will kick on when you're like coasting or you're going at a slower speed and then you can kick the engine in when you need it. I think it actually is preserving Chris Paul by doing a similar thing with his game where he can kind of run on that battery that he has and and take it slow on his with his own shots and then kick it into gear the way the way he does. I think he's learning that as he gets older as a necessity because he can't go all out for you know 30 35 minutes a game he's it's just at his age you just can't so i actually think it's a way to preserve his energy as well well and maybe that is something that he's looking at here excuse me because he is 36 and monty williams said that you know in gerald you mentioned this in your article Monty said he's watched him change his diet he's changed the way that his program to keeping his body healthy um, is nowadays at 36. He has a lot of people around him who are helping him, you know, maintain that, that physical, um, health and just success in that area. And I think that's important. So maybe this is another aspect of that, of trying to extend the longevity of his career and make it to age 37 or 38, even maybe. You know, I think that's the one thing that I get jealous of the most when it comes to professional athletes, it isn't the money. It isn't the cars. It isn't the nice houses or the celebrity sets. It's the fact that they have people that can basically help them stay healthy food wise, nutrition wise, you know, uh, you know, and, and physically. And I'm just like, damn, man, like a lot of us just don't have that. I don't, I can't afford a personal but that chef. Com- that's the money you know? side. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, true. You yeah, the money side. True, 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 true. Yeah. But, but like, I'm not jealous of like, he makes $45 million a year. I'm jealous of that. Yeah. $45 million a year can Gets buy him, him a chef. Yeah. Don't lie. Uh, you're jealous of all. I'm jealous of all of it. It's all right to be jealous of all of it. When you make $45 million a year, a lot of doors open. You can be really healthy. You can have a lot of things. I, I'm not, I won't lie. I just don't need I'm money to be happy, Espo. I don't I really need don't. it to be happy either, but it helps a hell of a lot to get there. Doesn't it wouldn't it? hurt. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> it's definitely not an obstacle if you have it, yeah. for sure. Espo could finally take the misses out if he had a lot of money. <laughs> no, because I wouldn't have, unless I win $45 million a year from the, the DraftKings sport, 
sportsbook app. It's only winnings from there that are sweet, sweet and going to take the misses out. It's not if just you have forty-five audience. million dollars a year. Oh my gosh, the misses would be going out all the time, according to you. <laughs> I do think it's really interesting hearing um, what some of the top players in this league spend to maintain their bodies, mm-hmm. like LeBron James. I don't remember what the figure amount was, but doesn't he spend over a million dollars every yeah. I year? I thought it was like a $60 million figure. Was it $60 million? No, like a year I think it was $1.5 million is what was Every it? single yeah, year just to maintain what's that going his body towards? and take like, him. Is that just a, a nutritionist? Is that a nutritionist, a chef? Is it a hyperbolic chamber? Everything. It's all those things. Like, Jeez, that's crazy. Like, that's that's a whole other aspect of this business that I don't think that we've tapped into enough in terms of just getting the information out there and understanding what all goes into it. Well, like we, we have a little bit, but I find that stuff incredibly fascinating. Maybe we should. I know this will surprise you guys, but I take care of my my body. Well, $1 menu, a dollar value menu item at a time. Uh, I think I'm up to 1.5 million in my life that I've done, but hey, uh, little, it shows, doesn't that it? That little Caesar's diet isn't going to take care of itself. I'll tell you that much right now. Hey man, I saw a TikTok video that said a McDonald's cheeseburger is more healthy than a protein chocolate chip cookie. So yeah, who knows? live your life, Espo. That's so, all I'm saying. So Caesar, my idea of a Caesar salad is six pieces of little Caesar in a bowl. Like, that's, a, <laughs> that's a Caesar salad. Gerald, get us back on track. What are your thoughts on, on track? Uh, I like this conversation. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, it's good that you mentioned LeBron because when we're talking about guys that can flip that switch, like Chris Paul and LeBron are kind of the first two guys that come to mind, like these masters of the game these guys that manage the flow of the game. And you're right. I think in the early going, the turnovers were rough because he wasn't really contributing much in the scoring column. He was turning the ball over. But I think one point that Monty brought up is that teams are like blitzing him a little bit more this year. And Chris Paul is one of those guys that, you know, you throw, he's seen so many defenses thrown at him over the years. So it takes him a little while to, you know, figure out what they're doing and then adjust whatever he's going to do. And that's, I think that's what we're seeing a lot of in these second halves where he comes to life is he's like, okay, I know what they're doing now. I know how to pick it apart. And that's what he starts doing. And then, you know, when you have that threat of the mid range and he's tearing you apart in the pick and roll uh, because the Suns have gone to the pick and roll a lot more over this five game win streak. So when he's doing that, you have to change. And then at that point, that's when he can pick you apart with his scoring so it's one of those things where I think he and the Suns just got off to a really rough start in this season. But now that he's kind of found his groove, now that he's getting guys involved, kind of like he did last year when the team got off to a rough start, we're going to see maybe a more aggressive Chris Paul um, because he is playing the long game, right? Like we're talking about a guy that's on a four-year contract, even if the first two years are the only full and guaranteed ones. He's 36. Like he's trying to finish his career here in Phoenix He's got to take care of his body. It's a full 82 game season after a historically short off season. Like he's playing the long game, especially with getting his teammates more involved. So now that I have a, I have a question for the group. Now that we are a handful of games into the season, we talked about this prior to the start of the season. How many games do you think now, now seeing how everything's kind of playing out, how many games do you think Chris Paul takes it off this year like sits out yeah like doesn't or, play at all yes um barring injury mm-hmm. 
Yeah, barring injury, I would probably say no more than five. Okay. I think he'll he might take a game off maybe a, every other month um, or every month, but hmm. I just don't see it because he is very calculated. Like the way he is, he has progressed through the season. Like you can see that he's just he just understands when he needs to push the gas. He understands how to manage himself. Um, and it, it really takes the pressure off of Monty because he's showing Monty like, hey, I don't need to sit out. I can still play, get myself into a groove, execute, help this team win without going full bore all the time, um, which kind of reserves everything. But that's that's also tricky for Monty because you either have two situations you, you can get into. Number one, you can either pace him and sit him down a game or two every month and to, to help pace him so that way at the end of the season he doesn't run out of gas like he did in the finals. Or number two, you wait until the end of the season, see where you're at, and then at that point rest him for a week or two in preparation for the playoffs. Um, I, 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 but if you wait for that, you could be literally fighting for either a number one seed or you know home court in the first round, and you run the risk of not giving him any time off. And so I would prefer him pace it out throughout the mm-hmm. season. Um, I also wonder if you wait until the end of the season, do you lose a little bit of that like groove that you found? Not with Chris Paul. You don't really worry so much about that with Chris Paul because he's just he's a vet. He knows. Look, there's as much chance as of Chris Paul sitting for any significant time as me becoming a fashion influencer on Instagram. (laughs) It's zero games. The only way Chris Paul is sitting out is if he's injured. Like, he's, he's just not going to do it. It's not the way he's wired. They're not going to be able to force him to. That's not a, a great thing to do. So unless there's some kind of minor injury or nagging injury, or God forbid something major, he's not going to sit out games. He's just not. Right. I, yeah, I, I think, especially because Monty and Chris have talked about how they want to, like they've had conversations about limiting his minutes a little bit. And we've seen that in a couple of the fourth quarters where he's come back into the game maybe a little bit later than he would have in the past. Um, So I don't think he's of the mindset that, like, I'm going to sit any games. I I don't know how that conversation would even go. I think he rested, like, one or two games down the stretch last year. Um, So I think he'll probably miss around 10 games, maybe just nagging injury or being cautious. But as far as actually just resting games, I'd say maybe, like, one, two three tops this year. So you think it'll be more limiting the amount of minutes he's playing each game? Yeah. And I think they're taking a hard look at that and they're listening to guys. Monty said, you know, if, if guys are hurting or if they're nagging, they're going to listen to them, which doesn't really help for Chris Paul. Cause he's not a guy that is going to ever say like, I want to sit this game out or I'm feeling a little sore today. Like he's one of those dudes that just kind of works it out. He takes such good care of his body. He's going to want to play every single time. So I think they are implementing a little bit stricter minutes threshold for him this season. All right. Before we move on to our next topic of the show, do you guys have anything else you'd like to mention about Chris Paul? No. One last thing. <laughs> I, I think we should note that like we're, we kind of buried the league. The guy is leading the NBA in assists at age 36. I know we're only what nine games into the season, but he's averaging like 11 assists He's leading all starters in assist to turnover ratio. Like what he's doing at age 36 is is pretty incredible, especially for a guy that's only scoring like, you know, a, a half a point in first quarter so far this season. 
You know, I, I agree. I also, I, it, it's impressive, but I, I don't know. It's not all worldly. Like we've seen other older guards, especially point guards, be able to do stuff like this. John Stockton, uh, Steve Nash were able to, to be all time greats. <laughs> yeah. All time greats. I mean, Chris Paul's an all time great. So mm-hmm. like it, it, but in relation, but you have to compare him to other all time greats. So it's not like we haven't seen this before, especially when you go for the first three quarters and barely take a shot. Of course, your assist numbers should be up if you're not taking any shots. So yeah, but Gerald, he had a game where he shot one for 10. We got to focus on that, right? <laughs> um, look, it, it is impressive that he's that he's leading the league, but it's not to Saul's point. It's not something we haven't seen him do. Uh, you know, just he's a masterful passer. I mean, this is even for him. This is a historically like different level. Like he's never averaged this many assists to this few turnovers to start a season through the first like eight or nine games. Okay, just well, throwing that out there. <laughs> if we're sitting at 25 games and he's here, we can do an advanced breakdown on it, and then then I'll buy that this is a long term trend, not just a a first day you know, part of the season. Nice to nice to see kind of thing. That's fair. We could put some money on it. How much? <laughs> I don't know. You guys decide. All right. Is that something you can bet on in the the DraftKings sportsbook app? Uh, I, I don't, don't know. Think so we no. can request it, and then we can put all of Saul's wedding money on it. There you go. See if we, we could can double that. that money for him. Espo, the wedding's already paid for. <laughs> you're just using this as an excuse to launder money. That's all you're doing. Let's, let's just let's just keep up the the, the ruse. People have fun with that. Said, right? Don't put my dirty laundry out on the internet. <laughs> Come on, Saul. Um, well, if you guys want to win some money on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, we have some exciting news for you. So if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and you use the code PHNX when you sign up, all you have to do is bet just $1 on any team in the NBA to score and you will win $100 in free bets. It is that simple. When a team scores, you score. So get out there and get ready to net some free bets using the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's a really great app. It's user-friendly, which is awesome for us newbies like me who are just getting into sports betting. Um, You can do same-game parlays. You can live bet. You can place futures bets. And, of course, the DraftKings Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Has anybody made any bets recently that you guys have won some money on? Not that I've won money on. Not that you've no, won I've money on. I've lost some money on them, but yeah. Well, we got to get that luck turned right around for you guys. <laughs> Hopefully, this week some of your bets will hit and you'll win some of that sweet, sweet cash. Uh, and Espo, you can take the misses out. So, again, if you guys want to get uh, some skin in the game, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use the code PHNX because after you place just a $1 bet on any NBA team to score, you are going to win $100 in free bets instantly. And again, that promo code is PHNX. That's 21 and older only, Arizona only. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbooks for details. So, so hear me out here, right? This is this is the plan. We take your wedding money. We put it in the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app. 
we double it and we let Gerald get married with the with the earnings. <laughs> oh, we get a two for one wedding deal. Uh, I'm not trying to put any pressure on my man like that. So Thank you. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a slowly step back from that. There you go. Just trying to help out, Gerald. No. Oh, Gerald's that's like, nice. It took me eight years to commit, Gerald. Right you take your fucking not quite time. There yet. I didn't me say to do it right away. I just want to get you the money so you can. You're when putting you ideas to. into people's heads, and it's not fair to Gerald. Me and my five-month-old relationship really appreciate that. So. Oh, gosh. Hey, I, I got engaged after six months, Gerald. I'm just saying. So. Okay. Oh. I knew her. I knew her for eleven years prior to that. But oh my no god! Pressure, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, don't worry about that minor detail. <laughs> you focus on the six months. You have one month left, Gerald. The ball is in your court. Oh, god. <laughs> All right. So last night there was some drama in the NBA with Nikola Jokic and Markeith Morris getting into a kerfuffle of sorts. Um, oh my god! So in honor okay. of that, what, what, Gerald, why a skirmish did you leave me in the senior citizen home right now. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It's like a 1930s. I'm the two oldest people word. in America sitting next to me that are under the age of forty. I don't understand a this. kerfuffle, a Donnybrook, if you will. You know what I think it is? <laughs> I think it's because all my time working you know, in broadcast or whatever, I've never been allowed to use bad language. Like I've never been allowed I know, to cuss it's until so now. Frustrating that you so can't I cuss. replace all of those things with old school, like terminology. Oh What's so it worse? makes me sound like I'm 80. What's worse saying the F-bomb or saying kerfuffle? Fisticuffs. <laughs> <laughs> a fracas. You can't say it's not a fun word. No, it is a fun word. I, you know what? Next time you want to use the word kerfuffle, I feel like you should throw it back to the 1920s like voices that they had on radio back then. <laughs> I don't know how to do ah, that. Back in the day when they did the... <laughs> you, you see, they had a kerfuffle out there in the basketball game. It was a dark stormy night out there. Hey. That sounds like Daffy Duck. <laughs> <laughs> did I have a lisp when I said that? <laughs> no, I mean, like, it just sounds like him from Space Jam. Um, so in honor of that, Let's talk about. Some can we of talk the, about that for a second? You, yes, you can. We, we did ignore. have a conversation about it last night, but Saul, well, you, you didn't I get just to. Want air... to give my two cents yeah. real quick. So okay? go for it. First of all, fuck Markeith Morris. Salty. I am so excited that he got the shit knocked out of him. Um, <laughs> oh, I hope his neck hurts for the next decade. I hope he suffers from migraines for the rest of his life, and he can go just quietly That's off into to the abyss. Why? Oh my God. Death on the man. <laughs> Basically though. No, he's choosing death by going after the Jokic brothers. And I just want to say this out loud. Um, if there's a pair of brothers out there that I would not want to mess with, it's definitely the Jokic brothers. Cause those dudes seem like they have a little bit of crazy in them. Hey, hey guys, breaking news. Uh, Serbia has invaded Philadelphia. <laughs> Uh, there will be repercussions for the fight the other night. <laughs> I look. I think why Philadelphia? Because that's where they're from. That's where the Morris brothers are from. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they, family over everything, or fighting over everything. I actually F-O-E? I think FOE stands for <laughs> FOE, fighting over everything. Look, I think the the appropriate punishment is Jokic has to wear Joker makeup for the first for the next 60 games and then the Morai and the Jokic brothers have to fight at All-Star weekend. Everybody wins in this situation. Like a celebrity boxing yeah, match. Like, did you guys yeah. see the the tweet from last night? Which one? Or this morning yeah, actually. Marcus, yeah. This morning they know the Jokic brothers. Well they were responding. Okay, Marcus, but is right? that really the Jokic yes. brothers yes. Twitter really account? Yes. Okay. So the Mook Morris had said basically like, you know, 
that was dirty ass play noted kind of thing, kind right? of thing. yeah and the Jokic brothers responded by saying you should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother you your brother made a dirty play first if you want to make a step if you want to make a step further be sure we will be waiting for you Jokic brothers <laughs> i feel like that Jesus is Christ. so dramatic yeah. like for all all parties involved like fucking yeah, grow up goodness, like grow the fuck guys. up this is fake tough guys against real tough guys like if you look at the Jokic brothers these aren't guys that but that if, are puffing their do chest you know that i wouldn't i don't know if i'd say the morris twins are fake tough guys they're like fake they got in guys. they got in tough. trouble they're for jumping and they they they're jumped an old man allegedly they're fake tough <laughs> it mm. wasn't like well what is the what is the what is the proof or the, the definition? No, or... for the the Jokic brothers being not fake tough guys. Are we just assuming they're tough because of how they look? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> A million percent. I feel like that's I feel like, I feel like they used to be members of the KGB or something like that. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Mostly for our own safety. They're in the Polish yeah, underground Lord. for sure. The Serbian underground for sure. Look, look oh it was more Jesus Christ. It was, it was more that they wanted to jump campaign during that during that kerfuffle that happened in the playoffs, right? Like they're so that the makes them real like tough. I, I yeah, don't know. That, they go after the weak. They, like at, they go after guy. people that they think are weak. And then he went after Jokic, thinking that he was that kind of big softy. And Jokic was like, "Nah, bro, I don't play that game. I might look like I'm like, you know, pudgy or whatever, but I'll still knock the shit out of you." And he did. And I then, like, I mean, and then what made it worse was Morris just flailing all over the ground and holding his head then his neck then his stomach i'm like which part of your body hurts for real like you're so fake i hate that guy i mean i get what you're saying but i Lord. also still think it was a cheap shot i don't think you should ever hit somebody from the back like that because it could be very very damaging <laughs> Out of context quotes, hey look i looking at it if this were the 1980s they would have been like common foul, go to the free throw line. Let's yeah. like that doesn't make it hey, okay. Hey, if Markeith doesn't do what he does first, then the second part that, never happens. That is fair, but that, the retaliation was not at the same level Dude, of what that he first didn't foul even was. Try to go for the not ball. He tried to body up Jokic, and Jokic oh, hit him in the back of the neck from behind when he wasn't looking. Like Good. you can't and do don't, that. Don't that's be an not asshole. Okay. People will treat you like an asshole. <laughs> That's that's oh. the crux of it. Oh I, I actually believe that's one of the Morris brothers tattoos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shit. Like Gerald, if if you walk, you know what? Maybe we should just try this out tomorrow. Gerald, you walk oh into the God. building, I'm gonna walk out, and maybe I'll just slap you. <laughs> and I wanna see if you slap me back. Let's I probably won't because I don't oh, want to get fired. <laughs> you wouldn't try to slap me back. You'd probably no. be stunned at first. And then wait. Yeah, I'd probably be like, why did my boss just hit me in the face? <laughs> <laughs> he really did not like my article. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe I'll get an intern to do it first. So that way you feel a little bit more empowered to do so. You know what's the best part of this story? Is the Jokic brothers created that Twitter account. They weren't on Twitter, apparently. They created that Twitter account just to tell Markeith Morris. Oh or Marcus That's why Morris I don't know off. that I believe it's real. It's, it sounds like they've Lindsay, confirmed it. Lindsay, just, just embrace it. it, okay? Just, in, no. just embrace the controversy <laughs> for what it is. Embrace it. Uh, I Listen, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a hard time embracing it because I think it's all... It's all fucking ridiculous, okay? Oh, it, no, like, no doubt. Up, it is so childish. There's no part of, of this that makes any typological sense. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't get behind 
these shenanigans. It's like <laughs> WWE all over again. I want, I want, dude, I can't wait for November 29th. I hope Jokic gets to play because that's going to be awesome. Because that's when the Heat and the Nuggets play again. <laughs> I think the funniest thing about this tweet is that they literally signed their tweets, <laughs> Jokic, Jokic Brothers. Yeah. Like, I- I'm as old as them. That's like signing a note in your mailing <laughs> snail mail. It's like, don't don't worry. Maybe I, we should start doing that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's I, fantastic. I, anyway, I, I also love they're only famous because of who their brother is, but they're like the Jokic brothers. Like, not you, nobody knows their first names. They only know that they're Nikola Jokic's brother. All right. Yeah. I we need to like Photoshop that. them in like Wario and Waluigi outfits. Like, <laughs> The Jokic brothers. <laughs> okay, well, clearly the Morris twins are on the list of most hated ex-sons um, mm-hmm. in some capacity. So let's move into that topic now that we've all been able to share our two two cents on the situation from last night. Who do you guys have on your list as far as ex-sons uh, that you hate I really, though, or I, dislike? I really wish... I really wish Iman Shumpert played for the Suns so I could just say Iman <laughs> Shumpert. I have an irrational hatred of Iman Shumpert, which is kind of dying down now because of Dancing with the Stars. I kind of like him on it. So it's he's like good. He is really, really good. I hope like, he wins. I do too. And it, I hate myself for it. But oh. in terms of Suns, I will say I can't really think of anything off the top of my head of, of people that I absolutely hate besides the obvious, like Robert Ori. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the I, I'm going to go with Trevor Ariza. Okay, because what? I just think his time here, as nice of a guy as he, I, I felt like he was. I only got to meet him once. He I was just, pretty nice. Yeah, I just thought the way he did the Suns after knowing what he was getting into and the money that he took was just so dirty, and I just did not like it. And and the way he played on the court was just so terrible. It's not. It wasn't professional. It wasn't mm-hmm. professional by any stretch. Instead of saying hate, let's just say dislike. Let's nope. just make it a little I'm going to go with hate on mine. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> you can go with dislike. That's fine. By the way, Weird. I get made fun of for being an old man, and Saul just admitted he watches Dancing with the Stars. Like That's not an old man thing. It, do you actually watch the show, or do you just watch the highlights on the, the internet? Highlights. Okay. So do that, I. Just watch that's the different. Yeah, yeah okay. I don't actually watch the show. Okay. I just wait until something goes yeah. viral oh, from not, it, and I'm, I'm like, not, oh, that's awesome. I'm not doing programmatic viewing, okay? okay fine, fine. <laughs> Sitting for my 60 minutes on Sundays like you. 60 minutes? Who watches that crap? <laughs> <laughs> the nightly news on NBC. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, for me, look. To catch I, a predator. I built, mm. a, I built a career of I built a career off of it, and it's it simply fuck Robert Ori. Like that's the only answer to this that makes yes. any sense. It's the one time on the show that I will use the f word, and it's required to use the f word. Is Robert Ori? There is not a man to dislike more than him. His time here was ridiculous. They acquired him by dealing my favorite son of all time and Charles Barkley to get him here. Uh, he got winds up getting traded and goes to the Lakers and haunts the Suns and goes to the Spurs, and we all know what he did with the Spurs. It's Robert Ory. There's no other answer. And again, hashtag fuck Robert Ory. Gerald? <laughs> I mean, yeah, Robert Ory is a good answer. I would probably say... I don't know if I dislike them personally, but their time in the val like Vince Carter was only here for a year and he was really bad when he was here. Like the Vince Carter stint was fucking awful. He didn't look like he was even trying. Trevor Rees is another one. And then I got to throw it back to my dude, Michael Beasley, because 
I mean, his time here was just a disaster as well. His time everywhere was a disaster. I actually <laughs> yeah, that's felt, true. <laughs> I actually felt bad for Michael Beasley because when you talk to him, it it just seemed like he was a guy that his his heart was trying to be in the right place, but he could never mentally get it together. Yeah. Like he was never I like he he talked about how much he looked at Kevin Durant, who he grew up with, and he wanted to to be like him, but he could just never get it. I couldn't hate him because it just felt like he could just never get it together. And I don't, I I, I didn't dislike him for it. I just felt sorry for him almost because he like really wanted to. It, it just wasn't like did, the cards yeah. just weren't falling. And yeah, it it felt like he wanted to, and he couldn't he couldn't make the connection. How about know? how about you, Lindsay? Who do you fucking hate so much that you would just like stab them in the eye with an ice pick? <laughs> Dislike so much. That's aggressive. <laughs> be aggressive. Be, be I don't aggressive. Have, I don't think I dislike anybody oh, to that I level. I knew you were going to say some cheesy bullshit uh, like I that. say Saul Bookman. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I would take it. At least that's progress. <laughs> Come on. We need a name, okay, Lindsay. Okay, okay, okay. I'm coming. It's, it's not a hatred. It's just a dislike slash frustration. Don't come for me. Aaron Baines. Um, yes. Why, oh, man? Embrace the dark side. Let it out. <laughs> you guys are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes. I really enjoyed Aaron Baines as a basketball player. I there were moments when Here's he was here magic. with the Suns that he was really fun and really cool. But there were also many moments where we would be recording something and he would come up and flip off the camera, but not in a funny, playful way. In a I'm going to ruin your footage so you can't use it kind oh. of a way, and that really frustrated me what because I'm like. I'm, we're just trying to do our jobs. Like, if you don't want to be on camera today, just say that. You know what I mean? Like, don't be a jerk about it. So do you have a whole reel of just Aaron Baines flipping Oh, my you gosh. Off? If we could get our hands on that footage. <laughs> the Baines oh my, tapes. The Baines tapes just every... <laughs> I would never put that out there if I had it, because oh, I would feel really bad uh, about that. You know I feel what? like Baines um, fan what? club is either applauding, going, that's our guy, or... Oh, we're coming for you, Lindsay. I know. You know what? Don't. You know what? Don't. Uh, I think I might have to make a few calls and see if I can get my hands on some of that footage. Please yes. don't. Find um, a montage. I went out on a, Dude, on a how viral would that today. go Please if we had a whole reel off. of Baines flipping off the camera? It'd be so good. Oh, my gosh. So that's the content we're here for. Lindsay? I just I just hope that every time it pans to Lindsay in like an office kind of thing and she's just shaking her head or just the frustration so yeah. or she gives that like that Jim Halpert kind of like I don't want to be here look like <laughs> I think the thing with um for me is just I understand players always have cameras in their faces they're always being asked to do something or say something or talk to somebody so I completely understand their perspective of sometimes they're like yo not today but I would like to think that I had created relationships and I know I did because I've had multiple players be like, yo, I just don't feel like doing this today. Can we do it tomorrow or next week? And it was always, the answer was always yes, 100%. Thank you for telling me how you're feeling. I'll check in with you in a few days. So when you can't get that from an, an adult in a professional <laughs> setting, it's kind of just like, man, dude, like you don't have to be mean to me about it. Like, just tell me you don't want this to be on a thing today and I'll move on. What's okay. So the con was it when you asked to interview him or was it in the background of interviewing other people? Cause there's a difference. If you ask him and he gives you the finger, you're like, okay, fine. He doesn't want to talk to me, but if he's walking behind you interviewing 
any other player and he gives you the finger. That just feels personal, Lindsay. I, I know. Maybe, maybe I was maybe I was the villain in this story and I didn't even know it. Um, no, it was more like B-roll, like if we were trying gotcha. to put together some stuff for like an all-encompassing like practice or shoot around video. Yeah. So you get a great Devin Booker dunk and it's just Baines in the background flipping you off. <laughs> sort of okay. things like that. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I hate him for it or appreciate him for it. I, I loved photo bombing people at, at games when I was working there. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are times where you can tell when somebody's being playful about it. And then there's times where you can tell when somebody is just being mean about it. And I felt like more often than not, it felt was, more mean than was playful. Was it just his like accent? No. <laughs> Do you just my dislike best friend Australian? Is, no, my best friend is Australian. I love that accent. And maybe he's like, hey, fuck you, Linz. <laughs> no, I brought that accent Beatles? down. Like, I can tell. That? I can that was Australian. It was not. That was, that was not. Australian. No, no. That was like British. Like Gerald, what did that sound like? <laughs> that was Australian. if the Beatles visited Australia. Yay! It was, it was, a, it was a convergence. <laughs> uh. Oh you my do gosh. an Australian accent. I can't. Oh, how about See, you? She, no, we know our limitations. Yeah, we know oh, our no. limits. I was spot on with that. Fuck you, Linz. <laughs> there it is. Put another shrimp on the body. Yeah, yeah that sounds more British to me. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, British boy. Story. We've offended uh, all of our Australia listeners. If you say fuck you, Linz, that's, that's more English. Fuck you, Linz. You got to get no, <laughs> now we're offending two you gotta, countries. You gotta widen the mouth. And, now you're doing New York. Hey. <laughs> what is this? I don't even know. My favorite thing that I learned um, from my friends, because I lived with her when I was like younger. That's how we met. And you know, uh, French press, like yeah. the coffee thing. She called it a coffee plunger. <laughs> and so she couldn't find it one day in our house and she was asking me she's like have you seen my coffee plunger where's my? i was like what is a coffee plunger i have no idea what you're talking about you give her the plunger but I, that was one of the funniest moments for her and i oh, for sure i don't think i could so drink coffee this? if i called it a coffee plunger the visual just gross, isn't right? good no, no. yeah i was like mm. where did that name come from anyway i digress well, this has been a fun show. Um, please don't come for me. I know Aaron Baines is a very beloved uh, ex-son. He doesn't play for the Suns anymore. Get over it. Okay. Well, <laughs> Baines fan club. You'll be, be all nice. right if you still exist. Do you guys have anybody else you'd want to talk about your dislike for? I mean, we kind of talked about some of that stuff last week, but uh, we'll from, just leave that alone. From, from a media perspective, I'd have to throw, just from asking questions to these guys, I'd have to throw Eric Bledsoe and TJ oh, Warren into oh, that's, oh, not, oh, that's you, not where I thought you were oh, going, Gerald. Wait, what would you think I was going? You said, you, said, you said from a media perspective, so I thought you were going to call somebody out in the media being oh. bad questions, uh, and you know who I immediately thought you were going towards. Don't get me started on that certain column <laughs> I don't need to. I don't need to go there today. Yeah, we don't but, need that drama. Really, Eric, Eric Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe would have these games, even after good games, where he would just like give us one or two word answers, and we're like, "Dude, you know we can't use any of this shit." And he just did it because he didn't like talking to us. And I get it. Like Lindsay said, these guys have media cameras, fans, all these requests in their face all the time. So I get wanting some privacy, but like it was a recurring theme and he was here for a long time. And during that time, he was like the most prominent face of the Suns for a little while. So it was really frustrating that the best player on the team would just constantly give us garbage and nothing to work with. 
And then TJ Warren would just straight like dip out of the media room, out like side doors and these secret back channels to like get out of there without talking. But at least TJ, he just he literally had like I think he does have like um like a social anxiety kind of disorder where he just he just doesn't buy like we had a one on one with him. It was just me, my producer, and him for some Mm -hmm. stuff for Fox Sports Arizona back in the day. And you could just tell how uncomfortable he was sitting in that chair across from me. And, yeah. I, and there was one point I was like, hey, man, it's just us. You don't even have to answer anything if you don't want to. Like, I just want you to be comfortable. And so he he genuinely did not like um, talking to the media because mm-hmm. he was uncomfortable with but it. But he was always, I always thought he was a TJ nice guy. was pretty nice. He was there always were a couple a nice times guy. where it was like, you're clearly in a bad mood, which, hey, who hasn't yeah, been there? Yeah. But I always thought TJ was a pretty nice guy. And I'm kind of surprised that you said that about Eric Bledsoe because when I was there with him, he was really nice. That, yeah. I'm like, he welcomed us that, into Gerald. his home. Yeah. I never. <laughs> I never I never got a good quote out of Eric Bledsoe. There were some nights where he was good with the general media scrum, but for the most part, he was just kind of I mean, and I get it, like those teams were terrible. So he was not he didn't have a reason to be in a good mood a lot of the time. Same thing with TJ Warren. Like I get it, he had the social anxiety, but those two guys were just two guys for whatever reason. Me personally, anytime we we got them for media availability, they were just kind of dicks to us. I'm just, I'm just going to say it. You and the media should have worked harder. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> so, so, Gerald, what you're saying is you didn't want to be there. Yeah. Gerald, are you I didn't want to be there. Look, I, are you I the villain? Ger- Gerald, has, Gerald has high standards. Ger- <laughs> Gerald's got a dark streak. I like it. And look, look I, personally like, I personally like Eric Bledsoe. I had a good rapport with him, but I understand how – that could rub uh, some people the wrong way, especially his short answers. So I, I understand it, that. I get that. It, it's kind of like what Lindsay was saying with Aaron Baines. Like you hear the stories and they don't sound that bad or like in the Baines one, it sounds kind of funny. And it is funny, like watching NBA players dunk on other media people when they ask a question. It's all fun and games until it's like you trying to do your job. As long as you're not asking a dumb question, See, but- like everybody will always side with the NBA player over the media person. And half the time we're not trying to be malicious or like get some crazy scoop or like paint them in a certain way. We're just trying to do our jobs. So it's like, it's one of those things where I, I get it, but at the same time, like, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to attack yeah. you or do anything malicious. Just like help work with me and I'll work with you. Like that's how it Gerald, should work. Uh, hmm. Gerald, uh, as the general manager of this company, you have my full permission to dunk on any NBA player you want to, <laughs> should they come at you in any poor form. I'm just, I, I want that for the record. So if you ever get dunked on, you could, I can always say, hey, I gave him an out and he chose <laughs> to choose otherwise. You're allowed to choose violence, is what Saul's yes, saying. Yeah, That's I putting him in a really <laughs> bad yeah. situation. Embrace the dark side, Gerald. <laughs> Look, I mean, this current team, I haven't had any problems, but that'll be the only time I ever get to say I dunked on an NBA player. (laughs) If if DA says something to you, Gerald, and then you reply with, well, hey, you know, at least I can make a layup. I I don't think I would, you know, scoff at that. I'd be like, oh, shit, look at what he just said. We'd all come to your funeral is what's Yeah, I was going to say, that's going to be a great eulogy. after that, I would have to find somebody else to replace you. But that's okay. That's neither here nor there. You know, it's kind of funny that you mentioned, like, shit talking to players because I found 
more often than not, sometimes if you shit talk with players, they appreciate like you, that. They it, it creates this like, I don't know. It just opens so many oh, more okay. avenues mm-hmm. to to find yep. a relationship with them, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh wait you're pretty cool. Like uh, we can, we, this is the relationship yep. we can have. Like yep. we can, you know, talk smack back and forth. Okay. That's chill. I like that. Yep. So it might work, Gerald. Who knows? <laughs> it's all about vibes, man. These players love, you know, a good vibe and hey, trust mm-hmm. me. Like, uh, like you, when, when you see how many people kind of went back on the, on the whole, you know, finals, bad question and, and, and Booker looking at Chris Paul, like if there was another media member that oh, was a favorite columnist, if, if, if things were not as as closed off as they were during the pandemic, during the NBA Finals, and you saw Devin Booker or Chris Paul in the hallway, and you said something like, that motherfucker, like, <laughs> they would be like, mm-hmm. yeah, you get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then instant oh, yeah. connection. We're right here. Look, one guy that I used to really dislike, and he wasn't a son, but it, it changed uh, over time, was uh, Greg Popovich, right? You know, for the longest time, I thought, man, what a what a dick. Right. And then my favorite pastime when I worked for the Suns was to go when the Spurs were there and stand at the coach's press conference and listen to a stupid question that got asked, because (laughs) he'd only do it if it was a genuinely in most cases, a genuinely stupid question. And he would obliterate somebody. But the funny thing was he'd only do it in the pregame stuff. If you want to if you want to shoot around. Totally cool. Would answer most questions. If you had a genuine basketball question, he was really cool about it. So I became a spectator and just really liked watching guys, dunk on Guys people. like Greg Popovich, actually, and, and people might find this, you know, a little weird, but guys like Greg Popovich make you a better journalist. Totally. Because you can't ask a stupid-ass question, and you definitely can't ask any yes or no questions. So, you know, you have to very much think about your questions in advance, have them ready to go before you ask it, because you know you will get dunked on if you approach it the wrong way. Um, and it's not necessarily the approach. It's more just the question itself. Like, it, uh-huh. it, uh, you know, sometimes it, it is the it's approach, like, It's like though. Finding Forrester. You, you guys ever watch Finding Forrester where, no. where Sean Connery yes. is like, you know, the, the purpose of a question is to get a desired answer that you're looking for. And mm-hmm. so you're trying to get an answer. If you just ask, so uh, how did you think Steph Curry played tonight? When Steph Curry had 75 points, uh, mm-hmm. that's a stupid-ass question. You know what I mean? <laughs> Journalism right. 101 from yeah. Saul. But Brooklyn. guys will ask that. Guys will be like, well, so what did you think of Steph Curry's performance? <laughs> I don't know. When we were down by 30 in the fourth quarter, you asshole, I didn't like it very much. <laughs> I always wondered why the sideline reporter and maybe Lindsay, you can share shed a little light on this for me. But when they had hit to people do in like the microphone, the, no, what? <laughs> no, nothing. Oh, hitting people, yeah, no, this not that. It's to uh, go viral. Look, uh, <laughs> when when you have a coach like uh, on an ESPN broadcast in those weird uh, mid quarter segments, and they had Popovich, why didn't they ever try to disarm him with? in one word describe because he always wanted to give a one word answer. And I feel like if you went at him with something like that, it would break that that weird tension with Popovich. I feel like somebody did that. Did they? A couple because, years ago. I don't remember who yeah, it was, but yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. did it. And they got him good to where he even smiled yeah. at the end. I don't remember yeah. what yeah. game or who it was, yeah. but somebody did it. I and I remember because it was like, it went viral because everyone was like, she got popped. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to me, that's like, if he's going to do that, counter him. Yeah. Meet him yeah. where he's at and, and go, I'm going to call you. I, I, I don't know if it was that, but I think it was something to the effect of 
like, hey, coach, you guys are down by 10 points. It looks like you don't really want to be here, so we'll just let you go, okay? He was just like, he just started laughing. He's like, okay. It was something really good. I'll have yeah. to go back on my Twitter feed and see if I can find because I know I retweeted it. G Gerald, did Saul make you uncomfortable coaching on how to ask questions with players is that are you all right over there you went no, quiet so. no not at all he's i mean he's right it is all about it's about what you're asking obviously but it's also about how you are phrasing it because mm -hmm. you have to be confident because if you're tripping over your words they're automatically going to dismiss you or not care as much about your question if you're coming on too strong or trying to be too friendly or too playful they don't like that either. But if you're also, you know, being a suck up or whatever, they don't like yeah. when you're not authentic. Just they just want, yeah, yeah, just be yourself and ask a good question, and you'll be okay. I, I actually did get Popovich um, the first time. Did you? <laughs> you got yeah, popped. so I got popped, um, and I asked a good question. There are some days where he just is in that mood where he's like, "I'm not dealing with this shit." So I had asked a good question. He gave me like a three or four word response. And I just kind of kept looking at him and I realized he wasn't going to say anything and he was just staring at me. And so I just <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, good thing I had a follow up. So I asked the follow up and then he gave me a little bit more on the follow up. But there was like a good two to three seconds of just staring at Popovich. And I felt my my career melting away for a second. Okay, listen, <laughs> that's not a full fledged pop. No, but that's that, I mean, that's still like that's that's a lot of pressure. It is. It is. I mean, like like we, we don't. I, I don't think you guys do, but I, I know I certainly don't. Like, I don't idolize these players like they're everything, right? They're human beings just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. But they still have, you know, they still have a, a, a gravitational pull towards them that you're like, I really don't want to fuck this up. Like, mm -hmm. so here well, I go. I think it's, and it's because more the they're, pressure of they're in control of the situation. Yes. You are not in control yes. of the situation yeah. yes. because if they choose to just not answer the question, what are you going to do? Ask exactly. it again and hope maybe yeah. they change yes. their mind. <laughs> just be yeah. annoying. Like, yeah, sure. it, doesn't, it doesn't work yeah. that way. Like, yeah. I've been in scrums where literally five reporters will ask a variation of the exact same question, trying to get something more out of the player, and they give you the exact same response. I don't know. Yeah. I got to look at the film. Yeah. Dude, if it makes you feel any better, Gerald, um, I, I got monied his first year here. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. So I had this microphone that was connected to my phone. Um, and so I was like full extension with my arm in the scrum and we we're at like minute 15 and like my <laughs> shoulder was burning. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like shaking. And so I like tried to inch the mic closer to him. And I swear like the mic, like, like might've like grazed his lip or something like that. And he just looked at me. He's like, bro, can we back up a little bit? And I was just like <laughs> shaking, sweating, yes, like, yeah, yeah, no problem. No problem. And as soon as I like backed my, like my elbow, like bent a little bit, like my arm just dropped. And I was like, well, that's it for me today. I can't even feel my arm anymore. Okay. That uh, is an, uh, I feel like an unknown. I don't even know what to say, but like the hardest part about yeah. being a journalist or a reporter yeah. First is world problems. when you, it's especially true. cause you have to be so, you have to be semi far yeah. away. If you're not there early enough, you don't get a good spot and you're literally holding yeah. your arm like over people in the most awkward yeah. situation, like real, way real, real good journalist. for 15 to 20 minutes. And by the end of it, you're like, my arm like, is on fire. Real ones like, like Cameron Cox at channel 12 has done this several times, but they'll see people behind them with their mics mm -hmm. and they'll just like here just give me your mic yeah and they'll take them and then they'll hold them all up at the same yeah. time yeah. I've those done dudes that are the real times. mvps there was we'll a see guy that. Okay. no go ahead Aspo. oh i was just gonna say that is the good thing about the post-covid world is that like we are doing them all in like a media room like they do for the playoffs where they have people up to the podium and you like sit in the chairs 
I like that so much better than having yeah. to like gather around and like angle a recorder yeah. through a web of people. Like it's, it's the worst. There yeah. was a guy at, I think it was channel 12 that had a hockey stick. Mm-hmm. I'm not, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 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 Remember this Chris. guy? It's Chris. Yeah, he taped, taped the mic yeah. on the end of it and mm-hmm. held, I'm like, that is genius. It really <laughs> is very smart because well, and that, I feel bad that they even had to come up with that contraption because that was because a lack, it, that's the, that's because they're the MMJs, multimedia yeah. journalists. They're required to be doing everything, which which lowers the level of your product, mm-hmm. the quality of your product. I hate that, but it was very innovative for the fact that he had to go out there by himself with a camera That's and it. a mic. Yeah, that, that was... Kudos to him for the brain work there. We're cutting your budget. There's less people. Figure out how to do it. Exactly. That's what that stands for. So back but it on, does help when it, you're in the back yes. of the scrum, that's for sure. Uh, back on the dunking on thing, my very first media scrum in, in college i had to go to conference usa media day and i'm a freshman i'm 18 i've never really done any of this bob huggins is at cincinnati and he had just had his heart attack and that is the first interview i had to do and it was terrifying because that guy is a cantankerous jerk like not funny like pop just a jerk and i have never been so uncomfortable in an interview uh, it, it, that was that was the worst at 18 years old doing that. Yeah, yeah that Bob Huggins is like grumpy Mike Leach. <laughs> yes, that's a very good description. Also, way, going back to Gerald real quick, I just I want to make sure we say this, but like I definitely am not giving him any advice because he's probably interviewed more people <laughs> than I ever have. Probably all three of us combined, and he does such a great job. So yeah. kudos to you, Gerald. Gerald's like yeah, I'm gonna dunk on you, Saul. No. <laughs> I only had no, to do my job. No, no, he's really not. <laughs> By the way, to bring it full circle <laughs> and and close out the uh, most hated former sons. Fuck Robert Ory. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and with that, thank you all for tuning in to the PHNX Suns podcast once again, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I'm Lindsay Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. To my right is Saul Bookman. You can follow him at Saul underscore Bookman. As this underscore is there for fit all for my the, hatred for Robert Ory. I was going to say it's for the glasses because the people can't see us on a podcast audio. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh that, that was sweet. <laughs> and then we've got Gerald Borgay. You can follow him on Twitter at Gerald Borgay. And of course, Espo, you can follow him on Twitter at Espo. You know, it's it's sad. We all wore tuxes and gowns for today's show and we're not on video. <laughs> Shucks. Yeah. I wore a Speedo. So you're welcome. It, it has a little bow tie on it, though. So. <laughs> oh, God. With that, Espo, take us home. Ahoy, hoy.